Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Zero season three, episode eleven starts now. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Brandon Davis, joined today by Jamie Jurek. Good to be back. Hello. Yeah, we just we just put together a rap right there. Jamie Jurek, good to be back. Talking smack. Marvel got us on crud. Jenna Anderson is here. <laughs> hey everybody, I am not even going to attempt to do that. Absolutely not. No <laughs> rapping for me. I'm so sorry uh, for even doing it in the first place. Aaron Perrine is here. How do I even follow you that? Good morning, everyone. <laughs> We're actually one day going to have a fully freestyle raps only version of Phase Zero from Zero to Hero. We're talking about the Oscars. Not literally nothing rhymes with Oscars. There is there is nothing that rhymes with the word Oscar. If there was, my my Marshall Mathers of a brain would have had it there. <laughs> I just couldn't get there. Uh, we gotta get started. We're gonna catch. <laughs> we're gonna catch up with a lot of MCU news. I think we got like thirty nine topics to get through. Not really. We only have an hour. Um, thanks to Jenna for putting the the run of show together today. Uh, we got. Would you, you're gonna get a Jamie Jurak rant on today's episode of Phase Zero. That's gonna be the top of the show. We got some bad Daredevil news, in my opinion. Uh, and a whole bunch of long quotes from people involved with the MCU <laughs> to read to you. And another Jamie Jurak delight about Elizabeth Olsen to talk about, but we're saving that for last because we know you love Scarlet Witch, so we got to make you watch till the end. Uh, All right, let's start with the Oscars, shall we? Let's talk about movies in general. I want to talk off topic real quick. I saw John Wick Chapter 4 for the second time last night. That is one of the best movies I have seen in a rotund minute. It is so good. And Shazam is in theaters this weekend. Listen, I know the DCEU is like, it's it's over. We don't know if any of this stuff is ending, uh, is continuing. Doesn't matter. Shazam on its own is a good movie. And Jamie saw it too. I want Jamie to get a second to share her thoughts. Keep an eye out. My reviews coming out today at three uh, Pacific time. And uh, it is, it's, if you like the first one, you're going to like this one. It's the Shazamly. I cried twice because the Shazamly just hits me in the feels. They're so cute. I really adored it. It was really, it was really sweet movie. And I'm honest, when it was over, I was like, I want this to continue. I know, I know. I I tweeted James Gunn in it, so in a, in that thought. So let's hopefully James Gunn saw my tweet. I hope <laughs> he so. Probably I did. He did. <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> James Gunn. Uh, it's actually a little known fact. James Gunn is has a uh, Twitter. Just he's got an Elon Musk chip in his brain, where Twitter is just constantly updating <laughs> because <laughs> everything that is always on Twitter somehow. Uh, I'm gonna have to hit up Kofi because I got a whole rant about the DC universe, about how I am excited about James Gunn and what they're doing. But after Shazam and after Black Adam and some of the recent and Peacemaker, I was pre- I became pretty excited about where they were going. Like it felt like they were finding what they were doing, but that's a, that's a DC show. And this is a Marvel show. So we're not allowed to talk about that for too long here or Jim starts rattling the jail cell cage. So let's talk about the Oscars. I and mean, we could talk about whatever you want here. Cause there's a lot to talk about, but we got to talk about the fact that uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever won. Ruthie Carter won again, right? Ruth Carter won for the first Black Panther with costume design. And now Wakanda yeah. Forever 
is an Oscar, an Academy Award winning film for costume design. The costumes in that film are are tremendous. Uh, Ruthie Carter is incredible. But the big conversation everybody's having after this one was early on in the Oscars. I think Angela Bassett is also having this conversation. If you watched her reaction to this, she feels similarly to me, I think. I don't know, but I haven't talked to you guys about this yet. But Best Supporting Actress went to Jamie Lee Curtis. I think Jamie Lee Curtis is fantastic. And it's like, wait a second, how did it take this long for her to get an Oscar in the first place? She's great, right? But she got to hear it. I don't know. No shade to Jamie Lee, but I am kind of like, has she not given everything? That's how. That's where I'm at. What else could Angela Bassett have given? I think I wanted it to go to Angela Bassett as a fan of her and a fan of Ramonda in this movie. I love everything everywhere. But to me, Jamie Lee might not have even been the best supporting actress in that movie. That's my thoughts. So I'll let you. I don't know if we want Jamie to go first here or if we want to save her for, for put her in the cannon to go forth. But uh, whoever wants to talk about this, please go ahead. Do we, I mean, we do you want Jamie? Jamie, do you want a second to collect yourself, or do you want to go first? I mean, I have my thoughts ready and, and <laughs> open. All right, go, All right. go. Let's just do it. Let's just get this out of the way. First and foremost, let me tell you one thing, world. I adore Jamie Lee Curtis. I was named after Jamie Lee Curtis. I'm a huge Halloween fan. I plan to get a True Lies tattoo of her in the iconic dress. She is amazing. I adore her. She was not even the best. Supporting actress of her own movie. I do not understand this decision at all. First of all, if you're, I, everything ever all at once was my favorite movie of the year. I love the sweep. I'm so happy it won Best Picture. But if you're dedicated to the sweep, Stephanie Shu is right there. She was such an emotional, amazing point of this film. And I, I love when the Oscars award a comedic performance, which is what Jamie Lee Curtis did. But Stephanie, she was right there. But here's the thing. Okay, Stephanie's young. She's going to have her chance again. The, it, we're talking, okay, we want to do a career Oscar. Give it to Jamie Lee. I would understand that if Angela Bassett wasn't right there. First of all, both women are 64 years old. So it's not like one's older going around somewhere. Here's the main difference between Angela Bassett and Jamie Lee Curtis. Angela Bassett's been nominated for an Oscar before. So if it's time to give somebody an Oscar that's long overdue, why aren't we giving it to Angela Bassett? I just, I just don't understand this decision at all. And you know, I don't know. It's a little shady. It all just like doesn't play out right to me. I think it's weird. Um, I, and I, and I don't like being unhappy about a Jamie Lee Curtis one because I love Jamie Lee Curtis, but Angela, I mean, Okay, if even if you're stacking up these two careers, I would say maybe that Jamie Lee Curtis is more iconic in some ways in terms of like she's got Halloween. There are these big giant things, but if you're stacking up just their performance careers, Angela Bassett has given everything, as BD said. She has given such emotional range in her life. And again, Jamie Lee Curtis, amazing. I love her. I don't like that I that I, this rant is existing. But anyway. Uh, this was sad, this one thing, but everything else I was pretty happy with, uh, in terms of the Academy Awards and BD basically said everything I just said, just, I said it louder and angrier. So, I mean, you certainly articulated it better than I did. I think, uh, I agree with everything you said and it's like, it felt weird because I wanted to go on Twitter and say that I wanted Angela, I think Angela Bassett should have won. Not only did I want her to win, I think she should have but I didn't want to shade Jamie Lee Curtis. And I was just afraid that if I said anything bad about Jamie Lee, because it, we all, I think everybody really loves Jamie Lee Curtis. It's just like, is this a, this is a weird position to be in because I just didn't want this particular award to be hers. Cause I didn't think this was the one she deserved. 
Jenna, what do you think about this? There's a reason why when that moment happened, I just tweeted the like Andrew Garfield grimacing from like 20 minutes earlier in the show. Some people got what I was going for. Some people didn't. But it, it, that that's exactly what BD said. Like, I, I love Jamie Lee Curtis. In my mind, spiritually, she just won this Oscar for Freaky Friday because that movie was my personality as a kid. But it is just such a weird thing. She's not necessarily the best supporting actress of her own movie. And, I get, and after Angela won so many awards in this cycle, it felt like such a lock. And just the whiplash between Kiwi Kwan winning and then Jamie Lee Curtis winning was just like the highest highs and then like just something else. It was so weird. But like, I agree with what Jamie said. Other than that, the Oscars were great. It was just such a bizarre moment. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I watched the whole show and I haven't watched the whole Oscars in a minute. Aaron, what do you think of this? Uh, it was interesting because like Jenna said, the hilarious tunnel whiplash that no matter what you change the format, you bring out a donkey, no matter what, you're going to get one of these weird moments where something weird happens right after something awesome. Cause we were all crying in our living rooms after, uh, his speech. And then afterwards you're like, what? <laughs> Shout out to Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan Majors yeah. kind of holding it down yeah. for her afterwards. That yeah. was kind of, <laughs> that was really nice. Uh, of course, segments of black Twitter really enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of weirdness going on. Jenna, they locked out your boy. Your boy didn't get anything. How did he I, not get I'm anything? I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that also because I saw Jamie's tweet and I was like, I don't want Jamie to hate Austin Butler. <laughs> it's the same thing as Stephanie of like, Austin Butler will eventually win an Oscar and I'm okay with that. But like Brendan Fraser, it is kind of the career Oscar thing of like, it was nice in this narrative that Brendan Fraser won it, even as problematic as his movie is. So it was just such a weird and interesting and still nice Oscars. It was just such a unique experience, I feel like. I'm just like a biopic wins. That was not like anti Austin Butler. He's very good as Elvis. I just do not want to see anyone any more biopic wins for a while. I'm so over it. My least favorite Oscar win is Rami Malek, and I just don't need that in my brain for a while. So, (laughs) I thought I thought it was a good show. I thought uh, before Rihanna performed, they needed the stage. So the Avatar, the Way of Water, VFX team, which truly accomplished one of the most incredible things in filmmaking last year. They really did. Well, I know, Jamie, but but there's no denying the visual, the astounding visual effort of Avatar. And they got like five seconds on that to hang microphone. To th- and one of the second guy in the VFX team came up to thank his family. And they were like, they, the RRR guys came out, started dancing him off the stage. Uh, they, they played them, not really, but they played that music so fast. And I, just so Jimmy Kimmel could tell some really not so great jokes, really, because they needed the stage. I just felt bad for those guys because I was like, damn, they really did have one of the most in- impressive, incredible feats uh, in, in, at the movies in 2022. And they got like all of 30 seconds before we had to listen to Matt uh, Damon jokes in the crowd. But yeah, no, the Oscars were interesting. I, uh, I thought it was a fun show. I, I enjoyed watching it. I do think I- they need a stunt category. They desperately yeah, yes. need it. Yes, Sorry. they do. They do. And to, like Top Gun Maverick deserved that uh, f- mm-hmm. for sure. And um, this year you're going to have John Wick and Mission Impossible both pushing for stuff like that. It's just like, come on. You want us to watch you, it? That's some interesting categories that also deserve to be there. If you haven't watched yet, there's like a nine to 11 minute short video. It's on YouTube. That was uh, the Dead Reckoning. It was like, it, I think it came up before Avatar um, oh, and yeah. IMAX. And it's just like this whole behind the scenes thing about this stunt that Tom Cruise does in the new Mission Impossible. I've watched it like five times. It is the most insane thing you will ever watch. And like that kind of dedication deserves an Oscar category. I also want to shout out the Oscars for some of their perfect pairings elizabeth olsen and pedro pascal on stage together florence Pugh and andrew garfield on stage together they knew what they were doing 
they were they were they were they were appealing to us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's our Oscars talk. I believe there will probably be some more Oscars chatter on Comic Book Nation on Friday, which is on the uh, comicbook.com YouTube channel and the comicbook.com Twitch channel and every major podcast platform just like Phase Zero is. So go give uh, Kofi, Matt Connor and Janelle a listen if you are looking for more Oscars chat and DC chat like we mentioned at the top of the show. But we got some more Marvel news to get to. So let's get to it. Yeah, so kind of going into news that's a little controversial, depending on what parts of Twitter you look at. Uh, we got some updates for Daredevil Born Again. The premiere episode will be directed by Michael Cuesta, who has done the pilots for Dexter and Homeland and Elementary and a bunch of other shows. Um, but buried in the Hollywood Reporter's reporting of this was the news that Sandrine Holt, who we knew was cast on the show, but we didn't know who she was playing, is playing Vanessa Fisk, reportedly. And she'll be replacing uh, Ailet Zor, who played her in the Netflix show. So after this and the Karen and Foggy news from last week, Daredevil Twitter's kind of on fire because it's like, oh no, people are recast and like this is maybe not Netflix canon anymore. I personally think it could have been a number of things. It could just be a thing of maybe the original actress wasn't necessarily available and they recast. And because I'm assuming given how much Kingpin's probably going to be involved with the show, they probably needed Vanessa for a, a stretch of time in this very long shoot. So that could have been a factor of it. I don't know. I like Sandrine Holt as an actor, so I'm curious to see how she takes this role. But what do you guys think? I mean, the, the, the non-canon war is being won, which... For better or worse, I'm kind of just at a point where I'm, uh, today, uh, maybe I'm just sleepy today, but I just don't really care anymore. <laughs> like, I'm like, come on, man. I'm so, I've had that. We've, yeah, you see how fired up I get on the show. And I'm like, just answer the question. They won't answer the question. Maybe this show will, but it could be a, you know, Terrence Howard, Don Cheadle situation. It could be a Ben Affleck, Charlie Cox situation. We just don't know yet what kind of recasting this is in terms of the, the role coming back. I think it's kind of a bummer iconic moments do not embarrass that man in front of this new actress that's all i gotta say i, I feel like it i am totally fine with this being a new universe whatever um i just like just tell us it, it like it seems that's what's happening if you're not bringing back the other two if you're recasting this role that just seems to be where it's going so why not just let us know i just don't understand why this is a problem like i'm like it's fine just like use your mouth words kevin and speak <laughs> big boy words and tell us the truth we can handle it I really feel like some damage control would go a long way for the Marvel Cinematic Universe right now because I, I, I'll never forget this. I asked this, I asked that comic, I asked Foggy in our interview at Comic-Con, what did you learn from phase, phase four, everything that's been released so far? And I was really hoping he'd say something about like the interviews they do because I'll never forget like a WandaVision tease of the Luke Skywalker level cameo and Paul Bettany just trolling us all saying he got to act with, with an actor he always wanted to act with. It set the expectations crazy. And like, yes, you want high expectations for your shows, absolutely. But at some point, it's there's a difference between the audience building their own expectations. Like we all had these Mephisto and, you know, Magneto's going to show up, whatever. Like that's that's on us. That's fully. But when you have actors talking about this kind of stuff and you and, and, and the expectation can be set without hindering the viewing experience, you can only enhance it by letting us know what we're watching. Just let us know. It'll help. It'll. We're, we're getting tired. We're getting tired. Just tell us what's happening. 
See, my only thing with that is like, I agree that they should just definitively say they should use their mouth words, as Jamie eloquently put it. But like, I feel like they're worried that if they do that, then they're probably going to alienate some of the very, very diehard fans who only want this to be truly Netflix canon. I think the real answer is going to be somewhere in the middle. Parts of it will be canon, parts of it won't be. That's just how comics works. That's how superhero stories work. But I think like this fandom seems to be having like an interesting relationship with that. So as much as I wish they would say it, I don't think they're going to say it even as the show's coming out. I mean, I don't think they will either, but it's 2023. This isn't the 90s. You're not Michael Jordan. You can't just say, well, you know, non-Netflix fans watch Disney Plus too. So I think you got to realize, like, let's just give us a ruling. Pick a side here. Tell us which one it is. I, I don't know. I think Aaron, I see I see some thoughts on Aaron's face. Wants uh, to use I'm going to keep it brief because we don't have time. But yeah, I'm with Jamie where I really like, I, I'm sorry. Think about how much has happened in all of our lives since freaking Daredevil was on. Like these actors weren't just sitting around by the phone. Like she's not sitting on a dock in a tattered wedding dress <laughs> waiting for Kevin Feige to call her back. Like that's not what goes on. Everybody moved on to do different things. Like I don't, you know, they had to put food on the table in between this and what was before. Like were, were we all expecting them all? Like we just put Charlie Cox in a cryogenic stasis until Born Again was announced <laughs> and then we put him out like fry from freaking Futurama. Like what is everybody expecting? I I really do think we do play ourselves a ton. I think we really do. Um, I think that certain things that happen on the internet today while or this week that I don't think is in the rundown when I'm talking about is the Reddit getting shut down might not be the worst thing in the world. I think that that might actually help some of you because the constant stuff <laughs> about these movies has gotten to be like, okay, just go in the we, movie, man. Just did we even movie. include that in our I, rundown? I did not because I was not sure whether or not we could talk about it. I definitely oh, yeah. talking about it though, because yeah. Yeah, we can acknowledge that real quick. So apparently, and this is the short version, not because I don't have the info pulled up. Apparently, Marvel Studios is like going to court trying to trying to subpoena the Reddit community to find out who leaked the Ant Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania script before the movie released. Which just goes to show that Feige meme is real. That man is hunting down the leakers, and they are going to figure it out. Woo wee! So, so that's what's going on there. But yeah, all right, let's keep moving. We're, we're, we got a lot to talk about today. Um, okay, oh. so we got Guardi. Is it? Oh, Jim, Jamie, is it you? Oh, yeah, yeah. I got, I got oh, some no, news wait, first. Yeah. Um, and it's that um, a new Marvel hero is debuting in what if season two? This is really cool and exciting. Uh, uh, Cahorti, I believe, is uh, the name, but we'll, we'll he- wait to hear it out. out in the world at one point, a Mohawk hero who is in the world where the Tesseract fell to earth and landed in the sovereign Haudenosaunee Confederacy before the colonization of America. So it kind of sounds like prey, um, uh, which is awesome. I'm really excited about this. Speaking of, um, uh, Amber Midthunder did tweet about like, oh, this is cool. So I'm already like casting this live action role and it's her. Uh, this sounds so cool. Um, and like, it's cool to be excited about what if <laughs> didn't see that coming. What do you guys think? <laughs> I completely agree. Like being this, this has me more excited than like any of season one and like whatever we've heard about season two combined. I, the fact that this is not even a comic character, like this is entirely a new concept and the concept itself is so cool. And so inherently MCU, like I, I am very on board with this. I agree. I hope she shows up in live action. Cause that'll just be very cool to see. It's funny how this kind of got 
spoiled by like a Funko toy. Like, it it, a, it, yeah, it was can. like it was a soda figure that like came can. out. Obviously, the show is not does not have a release date yet, and then this was already coming out, and people are like, "Well, who the heck is this character?" And then they like officially announced it. So I'm very on board with this. I love her already. I think this is very cool. I always thought the MCU would get to this point, and it's a super exciting to see it actually to a point where there would be heroes that sprung out of this that weren't established before. Um, uh, and I just want I now that's my most anticipated episode of season two because I just want to see what they got cooking. They got people from Mohawk Nation to consult and like do all the stuff. So I'm all for that. That sounds great. What if season two number one on Aaron's most anticipated 2023? Oh man, <laughs> we're in a weird timeline. <laughs> yeah well 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 i mean will it come in 2023 who knows who knows they don't I, I would say 24 at the earliest <laughs> i don't know anymore why put out the press release if we're not going to get it this year i'm so confused maybe it was just the funko stuff i don't know That's maybe they're too. maybe they don't even know <laughs> but eventually we will see it five but seconds after we get off they're just going to release it it's just oh, going to yeah. be on this <laughs> Yeah, you know, as soon as the show ends, Hollywood yep. Reporter is going to drop a whole scoop exactly who Steven Young is playing. Uh, the Punisher season three on Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one movie we uh, we can talk about is Guardians of the Galaxy three. All right, you got some uh, ratings information for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume three. We got PG thirteen for intense sequences of violence and action, strong language, somewhere Chris Evans is scandalized suggestive drug references and thematic elements so there's a lot going on and it also sounds a lot like a james gunn movie <laughs> it really does yeah <laughs> sounds about I'm, a pg-13 as you could make it like yeah we'll see i will say like back to the concept like the topic of like the subreddit getting shut down if it if that now makes it more difficult to spoil volume three i am so here for it i am very happy i want to know nothing about that movie until i see it and every mcu movie has made that more difficult so if if we can go into this unspoiled i will be over the moon yeah it's it i feel like this one is going to become uh, a minefield on social media which like i'll take a little break if i have to because i do not want to have this movie ruined for me every time like i have i have like i'm sure you guys have this too interest in working in this industry i'll have like friends who sometimes know things and like some of them are here in this office and watching today's show you know who you are and they'll come to me they're like oh, you want to hear a thing about this movie and the, the thing that happens with i'm like no Guard, no, not Guardians. You shut your mouth right now. You know who you, I know you're watching. Don't spoil this for me. I had to get that message out there. Send it to a certain jail cell. Uh, all right. We're going to take a quick, we're going to take a quick break. He's, he's commenting right now in the comments section. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jim. Not at least I'll just name you. It's Jim. I want I want, oh, hold on, Jim. I'm going to drop a comment. I want to, can I tell a, you drop the comment. Can I tell a story about, I won't, I won't get into specifics. What? You know what I'm talking about. Can I tell that story on the show? We'll see. We'll see. It's a Watch him not know what you're talking about at all. Yes, we got to say okay, yes. Okay, so I'll just tell it now. So me and Jim, we're sitting at a bagel shop here in Nashville one day. And uh, we're talking about a movie. We're kind of swapping things we know about a, a, one of the Marvel movies, one movie. And I'm like, okay, you know what? I don't really mind because I'm real. I'm just so curious that the curiosity was getting the best of me. And I was like, you know, sharing things I heard about it, many of which turned out to be true. He's sharing things he heard about it, many of which turned out to be true. 
one of them was uh, a, like it, we both knew about a cameo in this movie. We told each other about it. I'm not going to get into specifics, but so he says, we're talking about one movie and I have given him the okay to talk about this movie with me. And then he said, can I show you something? So I said, yeah, sure. Show me. Hey, what is it? What is he? It's really cool, but you, you can't, you, can you, you want to say this? Yeah. Pulls out his phone, shows me a photo. Major spoiler from a completely different movie. Major spoiler completely robbed me. And if you all understood what I was talking about, you would understand the gravity of this. It was the, it was, I was, and I, I immediately, Jim. I stepped him off his bar stool and I said, Jim, his iPhone broke into a million pieces. Oh gosh. It was, it was, a, it was my goodness, Jim. But yeah. And it was just a, it was like a spoiler that like had part of it blacked out. So I couldn't really see the whole thing, but I knew something was, Oh, I'm being so vague. I know this is terrible. I'm I'm just like, I didn't mean to tease everybody. I just had to tell you what it's like, what it's like to have to work with Jim. Okay. This is my <laughs> life. And if he, I'll tell you right now, if he tells me, shows me anything from Guardians of the Galaxy three, Oh, it's on. We'll be back in one minute for more phase zero. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to phase zero, where you have now learned just how many things we have to hold back and protect you from on the spoiler front. We do it for the love of the game. Uh, and because if we did, Disney would never invite us to everything ever again if we spoiled it for you. But I don't want to do that anyway. I hate having things spoiled for me. BD here, Jenna, Aaron, Jamie are all here. We got some more MCU news, lots of quotes. We're going to talk about Thunderbolts first in the second half of the show. Stephen Young, the man has broke his silence about joining the Thunderbolts. In an interview with Empire, this is what Glenn Ree had to say. Quote, I don't know if it was explicitly on my bucket list, joining the MCU, I assume. It was more of the story, getting to work with Jake Scryer again, who directed Beef, and what his intentions were. The intentions of the particular character that they wanted me to play were very clear, and that's what drew me to the film. And they also, he also said that there is a strict rule, no baseball bats allowed on set. Uh, so that's just a thing that they're doing there on Thunderbolts. I had a dream last night that I got to be like a production assistant on Thunderbolts. It was really weird. But in the dream, Stephen Young was playing Sentry. So I think I'm a prophet. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, but he's playing Sentry, right? We all. I know Peter is still on the speedball train, so we still have to keep that dream alive just a small amount. Um, but yeah, I also the beef trailer apparently came out like while we've been doing the show. So I'm very excited to see that and see oh. Stephen and Jake's collaboration. But yeah, I still like I echo what I said last week. I still can't believe he's joining the MCU. Just awesome. Yeah, I, I think Stephen Young's awesome. I think I still don't think he's reached the peak of his career. So I'm really excited to see him keep going. And I feel like Marvel work like if you look at Jonathan Majors and a lot of people like that, like like whether it's. Jonathan, you know, Stephen Young, different people who are joining the MCU, David Harbour. I feel like 
Marvel is like now becoming like kind of just consistent work. You get paid really well. You get blast into celebrity. And it's the thing that like opens up doors. Cause I'm looking at Jonathan Majors and I'm like, okay, so well, you know, he talked about how quantum mania wasn't super well received, but he was, and now he's get, gets to do Kang dynasty while he's also doing movies like Creed and magazine dreams. And like the people who want to be real true artists, you know, and you know, I'm not saying Marvel work is not like art. It's it's their, their magazine dreams though. And Ant-Man and the Wasp quantum mania are going to be very different movies. So I look at him like, man, look at Jonathan Majors. This man just secured the bag for like three to four years of work with Marvel. Then he gets to put Kang behind him. And then the doors that that is probably going to open up. And I hope it's similar for Stephen Young. I think that not that Stephen Young needs Marvel to go get new opportunities, but joining Thunderbolts being put, you know, in the spotlight of the Marvel Universe. Now, every interview he does is going to get a little bit more traction because every all, all these websites are going to pick it up. A whole new audience is going to start reading them. And Stephen Young is after The Walking Dead. He's been kind of quiet. He's been very successful, but a little bit more quietly. And so I think it's going to be interesting to see. I, I hope that this really helps Stephen Young. I really don't think this guy has reached the peak of his career. Same way I don't think Jonathan Majors has. Like, we're in the Jonathan Majors moment right now. But I still think the best is yet to come from him. So I'm uh, I'm excited for Steve. All that to say, I'm excited for Stephen Young uh, being in Thunderbolts and playing Jim's second favorite character, Sentry. <laughs> Is the is the theme of the multiverse saga really just bring all Jim's favorites into the MCU? Because that's what it, it feels kind of like seems sometimes. like it. <laughs> yeah, and just keep hating Brandon. <laughs> Kill off Brandon's favorite movie hero at the end of the Infinity Saga, and never bring his favorite comic hero. Just keep delaying it, keep delaying it. But tell him there's immediate potential back in 2018, but then never do anything with it. <sighs> it hurts. I just want to know who bought Avengers Tower. Jenna, help him feel better, please. <laughs> yeah, so talking about characters that do exist that Brandon can love, uh, Bob Iger was at Morgan Stanley's 2023 Technology, Media, and Telecom Conference, and he had a really big quote about the Avengers roster. Um, he said, Marvel, there were 7,000 characters. There are a lot more stories to tell. What we have to look at at Marvel is not necessarily the volume of Marvel storytelling, but how many times we go back to the well on certain characters. Sequels typically work well for us. Do we need a third or a fourth, or is it time to turn to other characters. There's nothing in any way inherently off in terms of the Marvel brand. I think we just have to look at what characters or stories we're mining. And if you look at the trajectory of Marvel over the next five years, you're going to see a lot of newness. You're, we're going to turn back to the Avengers franchise, but with a whole set of different Avengers. So maybe you do get Nova in that. Who knows? Don't not nah, happening. <laughs> Nova's not going to be in Avengers 5, even though the movie would be better for it. I'll say that, but I do think Shang-Chi will be there and that'll be great. We've, uh, we've I, had the conversation a million times who's on the roster. So Aaron, what were you going to say? I was going to say that like, I, I feel your pain. That's unfortunate. BD. You were like, it still will make it a better movie. Brandon <laughs> shoot, like, like cutting off his own arm with the samurai sword to preserve <laughs> Kang dynasty. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> appreciate that. If you guys are watching, um, I think that maybe some threes and fours not happening might not be the worst thing in the world. Because the roster is so large that by giving people threes and fours, it's like we don't see people. It's like giving mid part no. Game of Thrones where it's no. like, what's going on up the wall? Like, I want to know what's going on up there. Like, why are we? We haven't been over here in Winterfell forever. What's going on? Like, and I can't stand that. I'm sad that the next time we see Shang-Chi might literally be Kang Dynasty, which is very, very sad. Well, that's and that to me is not a three or fours problem. That, one of the good things about the Infinity Saga was we didn't have too many characters to be able to spend time with them as they went into these crossovers. We got three Iron Mans, three Caps, three Thors, 
two Ant-Mans, two Guardians. Like now we have one She-Hulk, one Miss Marvel, one Moon Knight, one Shang-Chi, one Eternals with 49 characters in it. Uh, one this, one that, and then like Spider-Man 3 and, and uh, Thor 4. So I, I personally think a little bit more time with a few less heroes would actually make us more invested personally. Cause that's how it worked before. That's how it's working. Now just a little bit of time with everybody is just, I think that that's why Bob Iger's getting asked this question in the first place and having to th- say things like the Marvel brand isn't inherently off right now. It kind of like, I just don't think there's an argument against the fact that it kind of is people like not as many people are watching all the Marvel stuff as they were two years ago. I just, I think that that's, I don't think that's an opinion. I think the box office proves that. I think the fact that when a Disney plus show releases and there's not a new, Oh, biggest premiere ever on Disney plus every time a Marvel show releases now, which granted the first three times it had to happen. It's the first, like you're going to set a record every time something's new, but I don't know. I, I I would like to, I, I like threes and fours. Now that doesn't mean don't give us the new stuff. Just find a better way to balance it. In my opinion, I think we, I think maybe it was too, too few threes and fours early on. And now it's too many number ones to keep up with for, for the general audience. Find that balance. I'm not Kevin Feige. There's a reason. I know. I know. I don't know everything. Don't come for me. But that's all I'm saying. This makes me so nervous for the X-Men because it feels like you could literally do like two phases just of X-Men movies and X-Men spinoffs. And like you could cover as many characters as we already have. And so balancing the X-Men as well as whatever characters still stick around after Secret Wars, that is going to be such a challenge. Like I don't envy them for having to figure that out. I, yeah, I gotta say, I, I wonder if you would all feel the same if we hadn't wasted a whole outing. Yeah, I'm gonna say wasted a whole outing with the Thor 4 and a third Ant-Man movie for Ant-Man. Like, if one of those had been a team-up movie, like if there was just an Avengers at the end and it wasn't Wakanda Forever and Wakanda Forever was the second to last movie and the last one was an Avengers movie where they all had Kang back then, would we all feel differently? Well, the I things I'm feel like you put that to. You put, or put Guardians, maybe we just didn't fire James Gunn. Maybe we just didn't do that. And freaking Guardians happened earlier. Maybe it would be different. I don't know. Well, this is all a butterfly beating a wings thing. I want a two-hour introspective podcast about this rather than 15 minutes. The uh, things I'm most excited for in 2023 going into the year, Quantumania disappointed. It wasn't terrible, but it, it did disappoint me. Guardians 3. Quantumania and Loki season two are the things I'm most excited for this year. And those are things where I'm with characters that I'm already familiar with. If there was a Shang-Chi up there, I'd want to see him again. If like, you know, when we get Moon Knight again, I'll be really excited. We get She-Hulk, Miss Marvel, these characters that we already spent time with. That'll be great. But I think that it is, it is, I think it's a little too much new being blasted out, but that's good for the future because the foundation is laid. So now we get season two or, you know, Miss Marvel in the Marvels, like the, the, the first season of Miss Marvel successfully made me more excited for the Marvels. So I, I like the sequel stuff that Marvel's doing. I think that I, I personally just believe too many number ones on the shelf is going to result in not enough of them getting read. Whereas people will go back to what's familiar and be more excited for characters. They already know now, hopefully people spend the time getting to know these characters. I want to hear what Jamie has to say. I I think that the problem is like Thor 4 and Quantumania are for a lot of people just bottom tier movies and Marvel movies. And that has shifted the excitement about about 
things. And I, I really think that when Guardians 3 comes out, it's going to get people excited for those threequels again um, because it's going to be good. And I, I have no doubt in my brain. And uh, James Gunn, you better not make me a liar. Um, and I and because I, I agree. I, I, I think there should be a balance between introducing number ones getting new but we we are in an era now we're in phase five where we got a lot of number ones in phase four it's time to bring some of these people back i want to see um moon knight again i want to see shang chi again um uh, and so let's figure it out let's uh but like the thing that was so so cool about captain america civil war was that it was just an avengers movie so you know stuff like that yeah, you need, but if you didn't, the thing about Civil War, and I compliment Marcus and McFeely and the Russo brothers on this big time, is that one thing, I believe it was, I don't know which, if it was the directors or the writers who were saying this quote all the time, but they kept saying that everybody has a different favorite hero. I think it was Joe Russo who kept saying this. Everybody has a different favorite hero, so they all need a moment to shine. Civil War needed all of those characters to have moments leading up to Civil War. Same thing with Infinity War and Endgame. And we're not there with Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. Like we're going to check in with some of these characters again, but like, are we going to see Spider-Man again before Kang Dynasty? If he's in Kang Dynasty, are we going to see Shang-Chi again before, you know, Kang Dynasty? Now, granted, one of the beautiful things about the first Avengers movie was that the only character we saw twice was Tony Stark. So all those were the first time teaming up. And like, I think, you know, uh, Hawkeye was in the first Thor Natasha was in Iron Man 2. So there was a little bit of through line and we're seeing it's very similar. Phase 4 is very similar to Phase 1 in that regard where there's new heroes and there's a little bit of crossover and they're good. But I just feel like we like not checking in with these characters and it just feels, I don't know, it just feels like there's too much new and not enough familiarity. I will also say going off of that, I feel like the the fact that half of these things are in the movies and half of them are on streaming also will make it much more interesting going into Kang Dynasty because it's like, I know people who don't subscribe to Disney Plus. And so by the time to Kang Dynasty Secret Wars, they're not going to feel as much when Moon Knight and She-Hulk and Miss Marvel show up because they haven't seen the things that they were already in. So that is mm -hmm. just kind of the, that's what has to happen when you split your stuff into streaming. But I'm very curious to see how they try to work to get people interested and invested in these characters when the, some of the audience has not or does not even remember watching their shows. And I see a comment here from Damon Streams in the Twitch chat. We all remember the Civil War was phase three, right? Yes, absolutely. Which means we had three Iron Man movies, two Thor movies. That was the third Captain America movie, two Avengers movies. And uh, like, what? who else? And, and I think that, okay, so that's all. Let's say that's all it was. And then you had Black Panther being introduced in that. And you had Scarlet Witch showing up after an appearance in Age of Ultron. Think of how much foundation was laid for those characters leading into Civil War. I, do you feel like the same foundation a, the same rich, long-running foundation that you feel you can connect to going into Civil War and Infinity War is going to be late in time for Kang Dynasty with these characters? I personally don't right now. I hope so. But, like, we're only going to see Shang-Chi maybe once. Maybe somehow Shang-Chi shows up in something again before Kang Dynasty. I look at the roster, I'm like, where? I don't know. Maybe the Marvels has a scene of Captain Marvel kicking ass with all the other heroes, and it's like, oh, wait, yeah, these are the people who are working together or something. I don't know, because I think Carol's going to be a leader in the Avengers, so it would be cool to see her leading Avengers in that movie for even just a moment before going off on her own mission. But I don't know. I don't know. I just want to say, I don't know. <laughs> 
things are different. <laughs> things are changing. I don't like change. No, I'm just yeah. I, and I, I I respect what Aaron was saying. I think I think uh, somebody. I, I think we need these different opinions. I also think that we need the new heroes to get to what I'm saying in the first place. Mm-hmm. Like without the things Aaron is uh, championing right now these threes and fours that I want to see won't even have the weight that I want them to have in the first place and be exciting. So I don't know. That's what I mean. I think it needs to be a balance. Um, and I'm not known to be super rational and you and Aaron's better. At that than me, <laughs> oh so. no, come on. He's <laughs> plenty rational. I'd like to shout out Tori Francis McDonald in the comments that said Spider-Man and Batman are awesome. Yes. Something we can all agree on. Absolutely. 100%. Um, yes. Speaking of changes, uh, they got Spider-Man producer Amy Pascal teasing live-action Miles Morales. Now, if those of you faithful Phase Zero listeners might remember a certain someone on this panel saying that uh, Miles Morales would show up in Kang Dynasty and possibly Secret Wars because what, what other universe are we going to kill to make people care? And people love Miles Morales. And here Empire is asking her, uh, when are we going to see him in live-action? Fans are going to have to wait a couple of years to see what we do. And if you follow the timeline of when those movies will come out, oh, they're a few years away. That's wow. Wow. That's great. Wow. 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 Aaron, Aaron, Aaron just gets things right, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you, um, and also, they, if that was not bad enough, we're, oh, we're going to see Spider-Man before Kang Dynasty. Well, uh, um, she's doing her best to dodge the Tom Holland cameo allegations. She said, I am not going to comment on anything around that and laughed. And then she said, but I can tell you that Tom Holland does love these Spider-Verse movies and then let it trail off <laughs> tantalizingly. So uh, a lot to do in uh, Spider-Verse that maybe we thought might not be happening in that movie. Now, the canonicity of the Sony Spider-Verse is up for debate. And I think I'm being very, very nice <laughs> saying that. Does it, what, what's your reaction to any of this? I'm like, be more respectful about it, whether or not, you know, Razzie award-winning Morbius is canon. Let's just be more respectful in that regard. <laughs> <laughs> what about poor Michael Keaton? <laughs> I He's still just stranded on that other Earth. I, I feel so bad. That movie doesn't exist. That post <laughs> to continuity and that post credit scene needs to be revoked from our memories we need a little men in black look right here get that that post credit scene was an atrocity <laughs> it should not exist who said that was okay I can't wait for Madam Web to get like 10 times weirder <laughs> Madam uh, Web, I think Madam Web could be a pretty good movie I think there's a chance I, Madam, it's a great cast good cast Listen, Jamie, I'm, I, I, I'm nothing if not hopeful, okay? I'm optimistic <laughs> because I'm going to watch them anyway. I have to, and I want to. That's but fair. I, That's fair. We have to watch them. So. Please, Craven, be decent, bro. It starts with you. It starts with you, Aaron Taylor Johnson. You were so good in Bullet Train. Keep the momentum of that Bullet Train going. Yes, I believe Miles Morales is going to be in live action. And I don't necessarily know if it's going to be a continuation of Spider-Verse. I, I'm torn on whether I want that because I do think these Spider-Verse movies are so fantastic on their own. That said, it's a character I love, so it would be interesting to see if they like make the jump that way. But then it's more Sony and Disney having a dance together. Will they keep doing the tango? I don't know. And then, I'll, then we all got to watch a breakup happen through the Hollywood Reporter. It's just like... <sighs> Can I go through it again? But does this make you think that Tom's going to be in across Spider-Verse? I mean, we knew that they were going to have, like, they were planning to have all three of them in Into the Spider-Verse. And then they were like, oh, we can't do that for some surprise reason. And then we know what that reason was. So, like, I I would be shocked if he's not in it in some sort of way. I feel like that that seems to be what they're teasing. 
I'll never forget when the, um, I remember this was like the biggest story in 2019 was that Sony and Marvel Studios, their, they, their deal ended after Far From Home. And it was like, is there going to be another movie? Might have been 2018. I don't remember. I think it was 2019. Uh, but the deal was over. They broke up. They weren't doing another movie. And there was like a, a week and a half period where there was no news on it. And I went to D23 in that week. And I was standing and there was like the preview night thing. They had the theme park, all that stuff. And they had the Spider-Man from that very mediocre at best Spider-Man ride at Avengers campus uh, on display. The suit's awesome. The spider or actually, no, it's just the Spider-Man. I think that is at Avengers campus. And I'm standing there and I look up and Kevin Feige standing right there. And it was like the news story of the century was anything Spider-Man related. And I was like, Kevin Feige's right there. Do I, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and I tell you, Jim, I was like, Jim, oh my God, Kevin Feige's here. Do I ask him about Spider Man? I didn't do it because I didn't want to be that guy. I was like, I don't want Kevin to hate me if I put him on the spot. <laughs> I should have, that, honestly, a better reporter than me would have would have asked Kevin Feige that question. But I was just like, oh, that, that's your, that Spider Man. That, how about that Spider Man costume? Have you heard anything about Sp- Spider Man lately? <sighs> and then I just went home and cried. Um, <laughs> Comic book check. We need our own Gail Weathers, who's just not yeah. afraid to get up in I know, I mean, Maggie's face. Because we all are too big of fans. We don't want to make it. We're all too nice. <laughs> it's also like you walk that line. It's like, well, if I ask this question and I get a scoop and I run it, like, am I never? Am I going to be banned for? Sometimes it's like, well, is that is this like an acceptable place to ask a question that might be on record? I don't know. Is there a place? Is there not? But there was a freaking Spider-Man costume, right? I felt like Austin Powers in, we're not supposed to talk about the Spider-Man, but there's a bloody Spider-Man staring me in the face right now. Like, <laughs> Tom Holland was on the stage that next day because he had to present Onward with Chris Pratt. And then he came out, oh, thank you very much. I love Spider-Man. Uh, you know, and nobody said a word about it. Like, definitely not me. <sighs> anyway, yeah, Miles Morales probably coming to live action. <laughs> Aaron is our Nostradamus. Um, so speaking of characters who may or may not be back in live action at some point, Louisa um, was asked about THR or asked by THR about an eternal sequel. And she said, no comment. When you're in Marvel and you're dealing with an audience that big, I truly treasure and respect that each of us is so unique. It's exciting that we're all so different and we're all changing and growing every day. But with a global audience, it's almost impossible to make everybody perfectly happy. And to do that is to say that everyone is the same. So I think there's inevitably going to be a difference of opinion. And you just have to stay true to the kind of film you want to make, who you are, and the people you're collaborating with. That's all you can do, really, and have a good time. Everything else is out of your control. So I know I said during our prediction show, I hope by the end of the year, we at least know where one eternal is to you. Her comments don't necessarily give me comfort and give me assurance that that will happen because who knows at this point? I have no idea. What do y'all think? I like no comment. Here's uh, two paragraphs worth of comments. <laughs> I thought the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I just feel bad for Chloe because, like, you know, she won the Oscar for Best Director and Best Picture, and then she gets this huge Marvel film, and then, like, people didn't really dig it that much um and so it's like if i were her i'd be so over it um Mm -hmm. and so disinterested in having in like every single time because she's such like a little weirdo you know she's like such a weird little (laughs) artist who definitely i doesn't want to be asked about marvel for the rest of her life you can just tell um so i i hope that we get an answer just for her sake so she can stop not answering questions with with answers that aren't anything (laughs) I don't know if there will be an outright Eternals 2. 
Like, yeah. I just, I don't know. Like, it seems like the movie was so not well received that it seems unlikely. But then you look at the numbers it put up on Disney Plus and so many people watched it that it's like, okay, well, maybe there will be an Eternals too. But I don't think Chloe Zhao will direct it. I, I don't, that's not, I don't think like, that's not like a, I think they need a better director by any means or anything like that that I'm saying. I just don't think Chloe Zhao had a good time. So I don't think she'll be back for Eternals 2 if there is an Eternals 2. I think Eternals 2, if it's even called that, takes a very different shape than the first movie. And I think it focuses on a uh, smaller number of characters. But I definitely think that if I personally believe Chloe won't come back. And I don't really think she should. If like Jamie just said, if you're Chloe, go back to your Oscar movies and do things that give you a little bit more freedom and control maybe. And it seems like she had pretty good freedom in, in the MCU, but I don't know. It just feels, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'd be surprised if she came back for another one. It's just weird to be at this point with the only cliffhanger MCU movie, like the one genuine cliffhanger that we have, we are now sitting here and we're like, well, this may or may not get resolved. Like who knows, Aaron, what do you think? Uh, I, I do hope that one day, she can like get a definitive answer. But also it's funny that we're all asking like her about like this whole thing when it's probably not up to her, the way that things are quote unquote being restructured. I would, I think Brandon's right. It, there will be some sort of follow-up. There probably won't be all of them. It, who knows what like shape it's going to take, but for sure it's, uh, it's silly that we're, what is it? Has it been two years since it's been a, is it been two years since Eternals? Time like a is a, a flawed construct. Yeah, it was Jonathan like October. Stuff, yeah, man. so like a year and a half. Okay, all right, yeah. And we still don't know. We have no idea. D23 or Comic-Con at the earliest that we'll know about any of any of this stuff. I just want to know if poor Kit Harrington is all right, if he ever learned how to swing a sword. That's all I want. <laughs> You know, he's got to be in Blade. He's got to be in Blade. I hope gotta so. be in, you would think, I don't know. Watch like yeah. somebody we don't expect is in there and it's not, it's She-Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> the Odyssey's like, haha. It's boom, Kamala. Right, exactly. <laughs> Kamala just learns how to hunt vampires and just has the time of her life. Wow. Oh just, just, that's great. Teen vampire stuff? <laughs> <laughs> Jamie just got so happy. What, what do you think <laughs> we know first? This this is brought from Damon Streams in the Twitch chat. Do you think we know the Fantastic Forecast first or the fate of Eternal sequel? Ooh. FF. I, yeah. I think so too. I think we hear one of those has to start that. production sooner than later. Whereas, like yeah. Eternals is not a guarantee. So, I, I, I also am just hoping we we get out of this hell of not knowing who's playing the Fantastic Four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, last topic here, and this is a very, very oh. exciting topic here, Jamie. <laughs> All right. Well, Elizabeth Olsen was uh, at South by Southwest promoting her new show, Love and Death, which I can't wait for. And so, of course, she got asked about the MCU. Um, and so, so she's talking to Deadline and Deadline says that this was specifically asking about Covenant of Chaos. In the clip, Covenant of Chaos is never mentioned. So <laughs> we just have to believe that this is about Coven of Chaos. And uh, Elizabeth Olsen just says, I don't know ever how to answer these questions, except I don't. I think I'll be back. <laughs> like that was it. It was like I don't, but then a pause. I think I'll be back. Like if you read it, it sounds like she's saying I don't think I'll be back, but she's definitely saying she thinks she'll be back. And um, and the matter of like, okay, is it Coven of Chaos? That's it makes sense. Obviously, ever like nine one division actors are going to be in that show. It'd be crazy if she wasn't in it. But previously, she has said, um, I don't know, I'm not in it. I, I not that I know of. So now with this answer, I just wish that we that this specific clip had 
that we could hear the name Coven of Chaos mentioned because I think it's a little shady. Sorry, deadline. Um, that 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 that's just we just have to believe that's what she's talking about. What do you guys think? I mean, I think yeah, I'm with you. It's like okay, well, is it is this specifically talking about Coven of Chaos? I don't know, but it would make a ton of sense that she is back. Also, if you're Disney Plus and you're Marvel Studios and you're a good business manager, like put her back on the on the thing that. You know, this is the biggest hype. Between, I, WandaVision and Loki undoubtedly got the biggest hype for any of the Disney Plus releases. And they were I, I think it helps they were two of the first three. But people were talking about these shows and they still talk about WandaVision relentlessly on social media. And I do think that I don't know if the title Agatha Coven of Chaos is going to be enough to like reach out to the audience that might not be there right now. But Elizabeth Olsen in the marketing certainly will help. Also, Jamie, I got to tell you, when I was at South by... Uh, for Dungeons and Dragons, the room key that I had, it was Love and Death, and it had Elizabeth Olsen's face on it. So Did I still you have. Save it. I still have. Yeah, yeah. you can have. I'll, I'll I next do want that. Give it to you. Yeah, this is She's getting that Emmy. She, it's going to be a WandaVision makeup Emmy, and she's going to win. And you've heard it here first. She's taking home the prize this year. <laughs> We're rooting for it. We're rooting for it. No more MCU snubs. We can't take him anymore. Yeah, when 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 Elizabeth Olsen and Pedro Pascal were on the stage at uh at at the Oscars, it was like this is why people are on Disney Plus and they are about to conquer HBO Max together. Well, Pedro already did. Pedro already The Last of Us. And also, thank you to everybody who listened to The Last of Pods. I've seen a couple of reviews on the Apple Podcasts. A couple people said they followed from Phase Zero over to Last of Pods, and in nine weeks. We've posted well beyond, we're still figuring out the number, but I am, I know for fact it's well beyond a million listens and watches across uh, like video platforms and podcast downloads, which is insane. So thank you so much for that. Also, huge thanks to Bella Ramsey who came on the show and helped us like really take off. That was the real point. Like it took till episode eight, but we really finally took off with that. But I want to thank everybody who followed us over to the last of pods. Uh, that was a ton of fun. We got to do it with E.T., uh, and Ash Cross and, and uh, I, I, hopefully we're back for season two. But thank you for that. Um, sorry to sorry to plug a different thing. <laughs> I just re- remembered I wanted to thank everybody for that show. Um, I mean that's all we have to talk about today. We got a lot. I got a minute here. Uh, Jamie, any last words for today's phase zero? Oh man, yeah. Keep an eye out again for my Shazam review. Uh, go see Scream Six. I'm obsessed with Scream Six. I've seen it that. twice. I love it so much. Um, I agree with Jamie. Uh, Please go see it. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Richard from the rafters. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, uh, you know, it, watch everything ever all at once. And if you haven't yet, form those opinions. Uh, send all the good vibes that Angela Bath is going to get a really juicy role in the next year uh, so that she can win an Oscar. It's crazy. Now she can't win an Oscar for the MCU. Ah, that's sad. I hate that. <laughs> Jenna. As always, go read some comics. There's some really good ones this week. I, I wrote a long form review for Hellcat number one, which was absolutely phenomenal. If you've even not ever picked up a Hellcat comic, go read it. You'll fall in love with it. Um, just go read some comics and follow me on all the social medias at Hey Gentlemen. Aaron, what you got for us to end today's show? It's at some like corner. I like to say rest in peace to one Bobby Caldwell, honorary person that we should have honored last last month, but didn't get a chance to. If you get that joke, you're my people. Um, also, I would like to say that 
I hope that Viola Davis can get up on that stage for something next year, possibly after the Woman King got shut out, which I could not believe after me and Ariel finally saw it on streaming and we're like, why? Nothing? Not a thing? Not, not, not at all? Not okay. All right. Some people just don't. Lashana Lynch's biceps just don't do it for him. I am not those people. Lashana <laughs> Lynch in that movie changed me. <laughs> changed me. Uh, all right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning into Phase Zero today. I highly recommend seeing Shazam: Fury of the Gods this weekend. I really enjoyed that film. Uh, Jamie's full review will be up on ComicBook.com. Later today, if you're listening to us in podcast form, chances are it's already available to read. Uh, John Wick 4 is a little over a week away. That's great. I haven't seen Scream 6 or Creed 3 yet, but Dungeons and Dragons is two weeks away. March has turned out to be a fantastic uh, time at the movies. Luther Fallen Son on Netflix is really dark and twisted. It's a pretty entertaining film. Idris Elba is great in that. So there's a lot of good movies to watch right now uh, as we uh, gear up for whatever the next Marvel release will be, if it's Guardians of the Galaxy or one of the Disney Plus shows. So uh, thank you so much for listening to Phase Zero. Hit me up at Brand Davis if you want to talk around. Hey, what's that? I was going to say, go watch BD talk to Chris Pine about Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, there is an interview. Uh, we went to South by Southwest. You go to the comicbook.com or I think it's the character sheet YouTube yeah. channel is where you'll find that. Peter has been uh, helping launch a, uh, a D&D centric uh, YouTube channel called the character sheet, which has become very successful. They're crushing it over there and a lot of D&D coverage will be featured over there. And I'm interviewing the cast of Dungeons and Dragons tomorrow. So if you guys have any questions for them, please send them my way. Uh, if you happen to be in the Nashville area, we might have a really cool screening of a really cool movie that I've already hyped up on the show, but I don't want to say anything with concrete information yet because as of right now, it's not confirmed, but it's looking really promising. So just make sure you're following on social because that'll be really cool and uh, that'll be fun. And uh, we'll see you next week. Goodbye, everybody. 